0: You want me to send you the link
1: uh i can find it i've okay. had it i've linked it in reddit comments a ton so yeah i have a
0: bookmarked because it's so <laughs> it's so important it's the way it's the rules for for the sport it's it's how these fights are, are scored and judged like wouldn't you want to know that i would say the 99 of mma fans have never looked at them before they've never seen what the rules are because the ufc at the beginning of every event they flash up a graphic that fights are scored based on effective striking, and grappling, and octagon control. And people are like, those are the three things that the fights are scored based on. They are equal. Those are the things I should be considering. No.
1: And <laughs> Yeah, like the first sentence in the criteria says no to
0: that. That is not true. There is a tier. There are tiers of criteria and it's very explicitly stated which are, which are the ones you actually think about and in which scenarios you actually consider the other things. So we're going to take a look at that now. So I'm going to put this on my screen for you. Nice little PDF we got going on. Um, And we're going to read the scoring. So obviously the 10-point must system, you're aware of that. Um, But let's look at the actual criteria for for how you score a round. So I'm I'm going to read it verbatim. Effective striking and grappling shall be considered the first priority of round assessments. So in the next paragraph, we're going to talk about what effective striking and grappling means. But just know this is the first priority of round assessments. So that's very important to know. Effective aggressiveness is a plan B. So that's the second tier of criteria, right? It should not be considered unless the judge does not see any advantage in the effective striking and grappling realm. Okay, so if all things are equal in what we talk about that will be effective striking and grappling, then you can talk about aggressiveness. You can give advantages based on who's the aggressor. The third criteria is cage and ring control. That should only be needed when all other criteria are 100%. So, first you're going to evaluate effective striking and grappling. If that is definitely dead even, then you can make aggressiveness. If that's dead even, then you can talk about caged, and ring control. Okay. We're going to define all those things, but you're not going to need to. It, it's almost never going past effective striking and grappling. That's almost always the only criteria you need. Okay. So, what is effective striking and grappling? this is the the most important thing to understand the first two words of what is effective striking grappling it's legal blows <laughs> hitting people hitting people is the most important thing you can do in a fight that is the number one thing to win rounds is to hit people do you, do you concur
1: yeah, I concur. You cut out for a little bit, so I don't know if I forgot to answer anything that you said. But, no, yeah.
0: just the hitting people is important. <laughs>
1: Pop back in just in time.
0: Good. Uh, so legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute towards the end of the match, with the immediate weighing in more heavily than the cumulative impact. So what does that mean? If I low kick somebody a million times, um, and in that round, at the end of the round, they're limping, um, you still weigh those strikes individually with a little bit of a of extra weight because of what they contributed to, but if I like hit you really hard five less times than that and they were harder strikes, you would probably go towards that rather than an advantage based on the cumulative nature if there was still a big enough difference in the in the individual strikes that landed. so that's what that means but that's usually not something you have to consider too much. There's usually enough of a gap in who is landing the better and harder strikes that you can figure it out based on that um so here is the part that people need to understand that they don't understand okay so the first thing we're talking about is legal blows that have immediate or cumulative impact with potential to contribute towards the end of a match the second thing successful execution of takedowns submission attempts and reversals and the achievement of advantageous positions So that is one article of the sentence. So those are things. So what about those things? That produce immediate or cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to the end of the match with the immediate weighing more heavily than the cumulative impact. So successful execution of takedowns, submission attempts, reversals, and achievement of positions are scored based on impact. You have to hurt people. You have to produce impact with your actions if i armbar somebody i have to actually put them in danger with it if i triangle someone i have to actually choke them with it if i take someone down there has to be force there has to be impact with the takedown so we're about to watch this fight in a little bit and that's never going to happen <laughs> <laughs> okay so you need to understand that its impact is right there if you can read sentences, you will see that is how that sentence is arranged. I don't have any English majors with me right now, but Ryan was one, and <laughs> he's the rules expert, but I think you will agree that the way that sentence is constructed, it's saying those things count when there is impact. Do you concur?
1: I do indeed. Um, yeah. There's not a ton to say. People just take like the first half of the sentence without like any punctuation in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, the position scores, but it, it, if the thing in quotes didn't immediately tell you yeah, they clear that, it up right afterward if you're confused
0: <laughs> yeah, right after that it says it shall be noted that a successful takedown is not merely a changing of position but the establishment of an attack from the use of the takedown you have to do something <laughs> and create offense off of your changing positions changing positions is not scoring you do not score on position You score on impact, on offense, on attacks, which makes perfect sense. Why would you be winning just because you have a position if you're getting beat up in the position? Hint, foreshadowing. (laughs) So that's probably something very important to understand if you're going to score this fight or any MMA fight that has grappling in it. Um, That is how you score that. Now, uh, go ahead.
1: It's also a thing, establishment of an attack. Uh, A lot of people just consider like people trying things from the back. Yeah, Yeah, like uh, one of the big examples is like guys trying an RNC from the back and it's like just a lot of hand fighting. They don't really get close and you're like, oh, that's an attack. Establishment of attack is a little bit stronger than that because like, for instance, I think Olivera Chandler is an example people used, but it was never close to an RNC. It was just, that's the back. That's just all it is, the position.
0: Yeah, um, Chandler slamming him from having his back taken is actually more of an attack than definitely the choke attempt <laughs> not that it ended up mattering but if, if you were if you were splitting hairs um that is actually how that would go um so yeah the stuff we just said about effective striking and grappling that criteria will be the deciding factor in a high majority of decisions when scoring around the next two criteria which are effective aggressiveness and fighting area control must be treated as a backup And only used when effective striking and grappling is 100% equal for the round. So what does that mean? When the actual offense and attacks, things that are impactful, are 100% even for both fighters, then you can start scoring based on aggressiveness and control. And we can define aggressiveness and control as well for you. I might even cut this off. Yeah, not in this recording, but I might section this off and just post this on its own so people can understand the rules because I think this is this is a good exercise and I don't want to have to redo it every time. Um, <laughs> uh, so effective aggressiveness, making attempts to finish the fight. So that's not moving forward necessarily. It's like how hard are you trying to get the stuff done? So if you're failing a lot, but you're trying really hard and everything else is equal, you trying is, is weight. Um, otherwise, it is not. Does that make sense? Chasing after an opponent with no effective result or impact should not render in the judge's assessments. Aggressiveness yeah. is only to be weighed if everything else is 100% equal, so it's almost never actually going to come into play.
1: Yeah, it's also an interesting thing where, like, if you're effectively trying to finish the fight but it doesn't work, that is, like, chasing after an opponent with no effective result or impact, that's probably where fighting area control comes in. Because, mm-hmm. like, let's say nobody lands and one guy's moving forward and swinging really hard and missing completely. That guy's controlling the fighting area. So, it's like, if you're 100% here and 100% on the next one, you're going to pick it up there. But, I mean, at that point, it's also a thing where, like, did anybody really win?
0: No. <laughs> yeah, that like, there is, there is language about 10-10s. So we're not going to go into it because it's not going to be necessary. But there is language for that as well. But fighting area control. This is the third tier of criteria. So, again... You're only getting down to that third tier if everything else has been equal so far. So fighting area control is assessed by determining who is dictating the pace, place, and position of the match. It should only be assessed if effective striking and grappling, which is based on impact or effective aggressiveness, which is based on trying to finish the fight, is 100% equal for both competitors. This will be assessed very rarely. So dictating the pace, place, and position of the match. That's what putting someone against the cage is. Okay? If you're clenching someone against the cage, you have not done anything yet. You're dictating the position. Dictating the position and, and getting a takedown, things like that, being on top, those are inherently rewarding because they allow you an easier avenue to get off offense. In themselves, they do not score. There's a reason why you want to do it. There's a reason why it's good. You have to actually make good on the position and produce offense. If you do not produce offense, it is not part of the scoring criteria unless everything else is 100% equal. It's plain as day right here. It's, the rules are like it's overkill. <laughs> it's yeah, if they, they say it so, so many long. times. <laughs> so many times they say it to try to drill this home. So there was an update 2017 this is the 2017 version of the rules um because the rules were the same it was almost exactly the same but judges weren't getting it right so they made it really aggressively <laughs> stated here <laughs> to make it as clear as possible that they couldn't interpret it any other way and yet
1: they still do here interpret we are it. yeah <laughs>